It's time to gather together. Hi there, I'm Yeltsin, and I'll be buying the first round while we chat about Final Fantasy XIV. This is episode 61. Pull up a chair and join us. On the menu tonight, our impressions of Patch 3.35 and Palace of the Dead. We discuss the EU in-game item campaign. Yokai Watch is coming soon. The Feast Season 2 is underway. And developers tracker. But first, let's shoot the shit. What has been going on this week? And I'm going to start with our special guest, Zante. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming. Uh, So we always start with, of course, you know, what what did you do this week? So what have you been up to? Well, Pokemon Go finally caught up to us here in Japan. And so the last couple of days has just been running around catching Pokemon frantically. But before that came out, uh, I was doing a lot of Deep Dungeon. And I've had a good time with it. I actually have not cleared it all the way through 450. I've gotten up to floor 30, and then I had to turn around because my Aether Pool gear wasn't strong enough, which was a bit frustrating. But uh, yeah, it's been good. I've done it across three different characters. I've done it in fixed parties and light parties, matched parties, all kinds of parties. And it's been a really fun experience. Um, And pretty much other than that, I've just been working on Moogle Quests, which I've really liked the Moogle Quests. I, I normally don't get into the Beast Tribes, but uh, the Moogles have been good. It's been nice having something to kind of really power level those crafters up, and story's fun. The stories are fun. The storyline itself is 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 pretty pretty cool. And some of the side quests, if you don't just click through them, some of them are real fun too. Yeah, and I, I feel like it really fleshes out the area and kind of like lends a little bit more lore to the Churning Mists and stuff. So I've enjoyed it, and it's nice that it matches up with, like, the story is telling you you're doing something, and the gameplay is also telling you you're doing something. You're you're being told you're helping to rebuild something in Churning Mist, and you're actually crafting components and building up structures in the Churning Mist, which is really rewarding, I think. Did you ever do the Excel? Excel I, I did. Um, oh. I didn't finish them. I went about halfway through it before I finally fell off the, the wagon. Um I didn't like that one as much. Like it was rewarding at first, um, but I think between having to switch to random gatherers and fishers and shit and battle classes for quests, um, and the fact that like in terms of the narrative, it's like yeah, I'm building this airship, but like we already know that it's not really going to go anywhere at the end, and it's yeah. just like little by little. Whereas like in the Moogle quest, you're building up the entire zone, like. Not the entire zone, but like you're building up a structure in the zone. You're going all over the zone. Everything's related to rather than, oh, catch these fish for me. It's like, hey, we need more materials to go build that thing. So help me get that. So, yeah, I but I did like the Ixol. I think they've definitely made a lot of changes here with the like the fact that you don't need a gatherer, the fact that you don't ever need to switch to a combat class um, that work for the better for this one. I think it's the better of the two. But, yeah, that's been my week. All right. How about you, Ruby? What's up? And uh, welcome, Airship Captain Zante, to the podcast. Always, always a pleasure to have you on. Um, this week, or I guess really kind of two weeks, week and a half, uh, we've taken some a little bit of time off really just to soak into the deep dungeon. Um, so I've done a bunch of that, and I'll cover some of that when we go into our discussion here momentarily. Just like... Other than deep dungeon stuff, I worked on Goldsmith a bit. I got the augmented tool for Goldsmith. I don't know if I mentioned that the last time or if it was in the, like maybe it was the night after we podcasted. I got the weapon, the tool. So that's pretty cool. And I'm, I think I'm going to work Carpenter next. I've been getting, been getting a shit ton of uh, requests from the FC, which is nice. But now I'm like, 
hey, you're the crafter guy, right? Here, make this for me. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> Get the whip. Craft, man. Craft. Uh, so, you know, I'm getting these like 62 star requests. And I'm like, uh, hold on a week or two. Let me work on this gear. And I know Zante and I had we did some theory crafting a couple weeks back. Or we were talking about like, how do we want to meld and stuff? And brother, I'm going to tell you this. I think by skipping that one in between, what, what, what's the one? Like Ironworks is the last one, but there was one that was just kind of in between. It was, it's a weaver set, it's a green set, whatever it is. I'm like on, I've got like the serpent skin or dragon skin or something set. Without that in-betweener, I'm missing like 11 to, to 5 CP, even with H, HQ food, that I'm like, damn, I've, fucked up somewhere like i need something <laughs> some kind of in between so i might just have to pony up and get some of these um accessories and meld them uh slightly and then i can make the other stuff i don't know i'm still thinking about it i sat here for an hour drank a milkshake and was like how do i do this let me go do something else so i um, think the piece you were thinking of is the carbon weave set carbon weave the crafted one you got it yeah so I got to figure something out there, but I'll uh, I'll bash my head against that rock another day. Um, what else did I do? I made a new character on Famfrit just because I have a coworker who started on that server, and I need to I need to sweet talk her and her husband to coming to Excalibur because I really don't want to like have split characters. But the nice part was it was an experiment for me to see how I can get to the deep dungeon on a brand new character and how long it would take. And if it really wasn't for the boringness of doing all the quests, I probably would have gotten there. But somehow I hit a wall like about an hour and a half where I was like, I'm going to go take a nap and come back to this. And then came back and I'm like level 18. I'm where I need to be, but I still need to do the three basic dungeons to unlock the deep dungeon. So I'll work on that sometime later too. Like I have not had the energy to see any of these things through all the way. Um, eventually I will get there. I will say Famfrit, for what it's worth, was very friendly to me. Um, nobody knew who I was or anything like that, as if I was some kind of celebrity, but I, I got a ton of free company requests, uh, many of which were blind, but quite a few were, hey, see you're new, if you want, join our free company, and I explained to them that I was royalty on another server, and they, they left me alone. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, they... They, they were really nice. Fanfrit's a pretty pretty nice server. So, um, But yeah, I didn't get quite all the way to the deep dungeon on that. And I'd really like to try that. But I did get to the deep dungeon on my own main character. It was fun. I can't wait to share more thoughts. But I will let Yelta talk about her experiences. What did you do this past week, ma'am? I pretty much Palace of the Dead over and over and over again. That's kind of was my, pretty much all I did. I... I, th I think we did take some swings at Nidog on Wednesday and Thursday. Oh, yeah. But yeah, yeah. That first party, one of those parties was going so well, and I don't know what happened, but I thought I really thought we were going to do it. But I don't oh, know well. what's going on. It, it, it's, it's always like just one person is not following the same mechanics. We had a tank at one point that Sina was doing her best job trying to let this guy, you know, understand the mechanics. But it, it seemed like maybe after like five or six turns, the guy was regressing. Like he wasn't using the cooldowns after the second stack. He was he was taking, I guess, uh, he's what, on the magic snake and brings mm -hmm. it over. 
And he wasn't at first. He wasn't bringing the mob over so Cinna could pro uh, provoke it off of him. He kept provoking back the 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 mob. So like you know, you want the other tank to take it because on the third stack you're gonna die. And he kept provoking it back, so that was a problem. So then you know your healers have to raise these people. We're down a little MP. You've got a weakness on some. At some point there was somebody who was not stacking the purple puddles in the back with us, so we were all running north during the, the sa uh, Sable price, and then running straight into an, a, a hysteria. That wasn't cool. It's just shit like that. <laughs> we had just... a scholar that wouldn't heal, or uh, we just had... Just DPS stance the we whole had... time, which is okay, but yeah. you gotta raise people every now and again, too, you know? <laughs> we had... Well, and then we had a tank who kept, like, running into blue balls with the blue tether, and I'm like, Oh, that one, dude, too. Dude. And then people yeah, are so... like, I thought you guys could get past Fang and Claws. I can't. We can if the guy with the blue tether wouldn't quit running into the ball. Yeah, what's funny is we start with four or five as kind of a set, and um, and we and we put it up on Party Finder, and Sin always puts up there like, be able to make it to Enrage. We we used to say Fang and Claw or past ads or whatever, but you keep you get you somebody who's like a phase before someone that. who's like they're like, well, I saw Fang and Claw once. No, we're saying clear Fang and Claw. So whatever, that's frustrating. Uh, Palace of the Dead, honestly, for the most part, was a nice diversion away from that. Oh, and I also bought some more of those, whatever the oil is to work on my relic. I think I'm up to three of those nice. oils. So a couple more. Palace of the Dead has been helpful for that, too, because it gets me tombstones. So... All right, listeners, you can shoot the shit with us on our website. Go to gtffxiv.com and leave us some comments. First round, as always, is news. We are going to start off right away here, Impressions of the Deep. We are going to talk patch 3.35. And uh, we're not going to read the patch notes to you, but... No, you babies. babies. Read it yourself. Go, go read it yourself. Uh, I do, I do want to just touch on a few things. Uh, the new doze poses. I know we've all played with them, mm -hmm. and in, we played with them in the coffin in the basement. Yeah, we 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 did a lot of playing in the coffin. We have like floating flowers now in front of oh. our coffin, and a floating turkey is now migrated to the spa, I believe. Yeah, I saw it on the hot tub. I don't know. That has nothing to do with doze, but no, no. What's but the doze? But the dozes are adorable. You 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 have one that looks like you're kicking back looking up at the sky. Mm-hmm. That one might be my favorite one on your character. Zante, did you like any of them? I'm really happy with the the female Mikote one just because it was the stupidest original doze pose <laughs> where she had like her legs up in the air and is like propped up on her elbows and just kind of sitting there and it's like you're not asleep. Like you're you're not even remotely asleep. Um but I actually haven't tested them out on my other characters, just kind of gone for that one the female lalafell curled up on her side is really cute oh it's really cute i think these are adorable i need to find more outdoor furnishings that allow this i know the pictures here in the patch notes are outdoor furniture um i don't know if these are that that one wooden set there's like a wooden bench i think you can yeah. lay outside yeah, on as a... well i'm a little disappointed that. that the uh i think it's called like the scarlet felt it's an outdoor set that we got with like some of that. Oh yeah, we, stuff. it looks like you should be able to have a picnic on it, right? You should be able right. to sit on it and lay down on it. That's right. It's got yeah. the umbrella. I think they should make that where you can doze on it. I think that probably should have been that way from the beginning. But I, um, I think you should be able to lay back and doze on it because it's such. Uh, there's so many cool pieces, and now with that that cool emote, 
you want to uh, take full advantage of it. I also noticed that you can, um, if you do like a facial emote, like smile or wink or something, you'll start to open your eyes. And oh. uh, so if you can like look up at the sky or something. Uh, Crimson Felt Mat, that's, that's the name it of was. it. That's what it was. When, uh, when I first logged into the patch and I was in the housing districts, I saw people trying to test out the Doze thing. And I think some people didn't realize that you had to like because the pictures the patch gives it's not exactly clear what they're laying on maybe it's just a blanket i think that uh some people thought you could just do it wherever you didn't need the furnishing so i saw people standing there just dozing repeatedly throughout the housing district i was like no no you gotta go you gotta find a bed well and that's because other games let you do it right yeah other games, I think they were you could just lay down Right, but, just yeah, in the this grass picture, somewhere. But the picture, right, I don't know what this is in the picture. It, it looks, looks like, like... Um, like a, what is it, a bench that you would have at the beach, right? Yeah. Like a folding kind of recliner. I think that's maybe new furniture in the in this patch, maybe. Don't quote they, me on that. They, they did add some new stuff. Ruby and I noticed they added a new level five culinarian recipe mm-hmm. that we have a theory about. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's pretty sure. That's that's probably the hand and item or the uh, summer event. Mm-hmm. I would bet money because last year it was that fish. Yep, right? I'm starting yep. my own snow cone place. I've got the snow cone <laughs> machine. Got a lot of rolling berries gathered. <laughs> I forgot my retainer could bring them to me, so she's she keeps bringing them to me. All right, next in the notes was deep dungeon. Well, we're going to save that. Um, PV oh no, PVP was up in the patch notes. I didn't do any of this new PVP, and I don't know anything about the PVP actions. Sante, so, did you do any of this? Yeah, I've um, I've dabbled. Uh, this one really hasn't caught my attention like the previous iterations of PvP, mostly because it's just so similar to the previous um, PvP thing. So the last one we had was uh, Secure. No, not Secure. Seize. Seize. And now we have Shatter, because we have to have an S name. <laughs> um, so a lot of this is, I think, uh, some of the bigger tweaks they made were talking about like the map positioning of things. Um, the points were rebalanced. It's another 72-man uh, type content. And so they've done a little tweaks just to kind of make it a little bit more even. But yeah, it just hasn't gripped me like the other ones have. I think part of it has to do with the map. Um, they went back to more of like a spherical, very clean-cut, evenly balanced map, whereas... Uh, Seas was a little bit more asymmetrical and I, for me that was a lot more fun but i know a lot of people really hated it because some areas were clearly easier to defend than others mm-hmm. um and then of course they changed a lot of abilities most of these are just like small tweaks um thrill of war has been changed and reduced weapon throw has been changed in terms of who can use it so now it can be used by uh tanks as well as previously dps um, so basically anything with short range can now use that to slow down their, their running mage opponents. And uh, yeah, you know, small things. But the big thing that changed is the Enliven skill. Um, Enliven used to be basically Invigorate. It would give you back TP. And that was pretty crucial, I think, for a lot of people. But what it allowed a lot of jobs to do is use Sprint and use either Enliven or Invigorate to get their TP back and constantly be chasing mages around and stuff, harassing them while sprinting and attacking. And they've changed that so that it will no longer restore TP. It's it's a completely different ability now. And instead, it removes the directional requirements from all weapon skills. And it can be used... It used to be able to be used by any combat class, including 
tanks, and now it can only be used by uh, melee uh, DPS. Gotcha. So hmm. it's it's a pretty dramatic shift. I'm not sure how I feel about it. I haven't noticed like a ton of sprint abuse from the uh, you know the the combat the melee classes, but you know I I do feel like once they close that gap with a mage or a bard, it can oftentimes just that that could be the end, especially in the feast where it's a little bit closer range, it's harder to get away. If they close that gap, you know, with the interrupt rates being what they are, a mage can have some serious problems. So maybe giving them less sprint options is a little bit better. Looks like more balance to me across the board with that because if a if a melee DPS can sprint, enliven, then weapon throw, then like this just yep. that's just wrecking shop. So it's just saying, okay, tanks, you can use weapon throw to close the gap and uh Melee DPS, you can you can have the enliven, but we can't have both have both. Not right. Fair. Yeah, that's that kind of is what it looks like. Um, and there's also you know season two of the feast is starting. Um, they've prioritized and changed the algorithms for matching for for party matching and stuff, which I think is really important. And I'd be willing to bet that less people are playing the feast now than they were before. And I think you know that's just the nature of content in this game is the older something gets, even if you want to call it season two, um, I think less people are going to be playing it. So it's really important that they have fast queues. Oh, for sure. Whenever I, what's one of the things I always hear is the queues take forever. And it's like, well, that's no fun. You know, and the whole point, you know, Ruby's talked about it before. PVP has to be snappy. I think that's why I like the PVP in Overwatch. Cause even if I die, I get back in there and the matches are short enough. So yeah. just not being able to get in. You is do just have awful. to have two types of PvP. And Overwatch has this. The the ranked stuff and the fun, easy, casual stuff. And I don't mind being able to get into a fun, easy, casual with fast pops. Uh, but you also have to make it where there is some competition, you feel rewarded for doing it, and make it a dedicated option for players. So this is just continued balance to make that work for, for both worlds. Yeah. And I, I do stick by that. I think the feast is a really good format. And I think that being able to finally offer something to a little bit more serious uh, PVP players, because for a long time, like, you know, the, what they call the fold now, the original wolves Den, it came out and there wasn't really much to do in it. It's, it was just that cage match. Right. And it was kind of entertaining when it was the only PVP we had. But as soon as we got other options, it just fell by the wayside. So having something back in the Wolves Den that's more arena focused, it's, you know, four on four, or eight on eight and has rankings and stuff, I think is really good. Uh, I, <clears throat> I hope they just continue to support it as it moves on and that they support both that and, you know, the 72 man. But I think they're finally at the place that they want to be with PvP when they first set out on all those months and months ago. All right, also in the patch notes, is a, this is a little controversial for some people. They have uh, upped the drop rates for the White Lantern Whistle, Rose Lantern Whistle, and Round Lantern Whistle. Of course, those are the uh, the uh, pigeon farming, you know, drops. So uh, they've, they've not just uh, upped the drop rates. They also have made it so if you have 99 of the associated token for that primal, you can just go buy the whistle. Yep. I started with, of course, incredulity and a slight bit of rage and a little bit of, well, that's not fair. 
um, even though I haven't beaten any of these 99 times. And then upon further thinking, which probably took about two minutes, maybe three, I thought, if somebody ran these 99 times with a competent group and was able to get 99 totems and still didn't get a whistle, mm, you know. They probably deserve it They at probably that point. deserve a yeah. whistle. Who am I to judge with my, you know, like 12 totems for, you know, two of these and I haven't even beaten the uh, Thornton EX. So uh, maybe I should just shut my mouth and, and let people turn in their totems. Also with an increased drop rate. It may they may reason that it should not take 99 times to at least see a whistle because I know a lot of people have gone and haven't even seen a whistle. So with an increased drop rate, maybe 99 times you see a few whistles. And then if your luck is still bad at that point, there you go. Cinna, we've talked about her quest for Nightmare and early on her quest for all the ponies, back when it was real pony farming, let me repeat, back when it was real pony farming, not this crazy drop rate that we have now, she was, um, I think, 200 and some odd, um, what is it, the the ice crystals mm -hmm. from Shiva. Yeah. So she would have had, like, two ponies over um, if, if they had implemented the system back then. Yeah, that I, I, I like the 99 for, I guess, the safety net. But, you know, I also farmed my ro white and rose. I went out there and, you know, farmed it, and you, it was kind of a big deal. But it's also only the three oldest now. I There's guess two, two primals since then, so. I guess where I go with this is what are those items? What are those items that will let you say, I got this and nobody else did, or I got this and I busted my well, ass. Well, it's like a prestige item. Have yeah. to, what are those items in fourteen? Because I don't nightmare. I guess is still it because the nightmare drop rate hasn't changed. It's still pretty fucking hard to get nightmare. Um, what are those items? Um, There's like a mount out of Alexander or something. It's not these. You know, some, I, I, clearly, yeah. it's not these. Yeah, I guess not. I guess well. I guess they're prestigious if you get them like the first month the primal came out or something. Because you do, you do like like the first month after a primal comes out and you see that, you know, Nidog's bird and you're like, oh, fuck. Not only did they beat the fight, he's already farmed up a mount, you know. But it's real short term and that's everything in this game, though. I hold my Dalamid horn so tight at night when I, I lay in bed. Your white raven earrings. My white just... raven earrings. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I beat I'm that a... shit. I'm going to come at this from a scrub opinion um, because I don't have a set to play with anymore. Um, being in my time zone, it's really difficult to get like a fixed group of people to play with. And so I haven't been able to like kind of challenge primals uh, at patch. You know, I've kind of generally had to wait to try out primals and stuff. And like, you know, uh, I haven't really messed with Thornton at all, but obviously Ravana and Bismarck are weak sauce at this point and they're, hundreds of item levels away uh but keep in mind that like first off the ravana and bismarck whistles those those po those pigeons have been out for nine months oh yeah right so like that's that's a for this game at least that's a decent amount of time to be sitting with no no boost to drop rate no changes in terms of that and then the fact that only these three have had the drop rate increase and only these three have had the tokens implemented you still have Sephiroth and Nidhogg, presumably for about a six-month window, where that's going to be really hard to get. I, th I think it's kind of fair, um, and I agree with the 
the safety net aspect of 99 tokens, but it also makes me as somebody who doesn't have a set who can't, you know, just say, hey guys, let's go farm this this weekend, who has to go pug things, sometimes with a language barrier. Um, it makes me actually want to go try to do this, even if it's in the duty finder, because it's like, well, if I put in my requisite amount of time, be that hours upon hours and hours, I will eventually get something for my troubles rather than just have it all wasted for nothing. Agreed. Agreed 100% if they had released the pigeons at the launch of Ravana. That's that's kind of the other one that, yeah, that's kind of Mm. the other one, but that was like, I don't know what they were thinking. If in (laughs) 4.0, when they release each primal, if there is a mount with a crazy high drop rate, and then two patches later, they decrease that drop rate and do that stuff, they got it. I'll... I'll say 100%, 100%. We're, we're almost there with this. I think it's now they're getting caught up with the way that they have implemented the drop rates of things, and now we're getting a better flow. And I will say that overall, from 3.3, maybe even 3.2, but they really have worked on the flow of how the Heavensward content is coming out, the primal rate, the drop rates, and things and I'm feeling a lot better about the way that they're releasing content going forward. It makes I'm, me I'm feeling... Oh, go ahead, Yelta. I was just going to say, it makes me hopeful for 4.0, actually. I kind of feel like this is their first expansion, and they really, they don't really have any, they don't have anything from, you know, they don't have to support anything from pre-2.0, really. You know, they, they can make their own pattern, their own release cycle, their own, you know, this is what we do this patch, and this is what we do that patch. And they keep adding more content types, so that's not keep adding but you know they've added a couple new content types to 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 fill in some of those uh holes yeah i i i stand by that like they i think they dropped the ball a little bit especially like the more they've the better they've gotten with releasing content in these patches the more obvious it's become that they really dropped the ball with what they had to offer with 3.0 and here's one of those prime examples is like we had how many ponies six ponies plus a kieran plus a nightmare going into 3.0 and then to get here with these primals that didn't have any of them felt like well well wait a minute you know like you took something off the table you didn't add new stuff you actually took away from some of the old stuff so the fact that they didn't have the pigeons ready to go from from day one was really surprising to me like i remember Very. finding that out well, we said, where, are my, wait, where are my accessories right yeah right? that as well there's no so you have you have like void arc to get you know main slots there's nothing else to farm accessories for yeah and it's like it's really weird because you know it was it was like so much of this game is if it ain't broke don't fix it you know we'll just keep doing this because this seems to work well but then it's very head scratching when they just decide to take something that does work very well is tried and true and then just forget to include it and then like go back and put it in months and months later and it's like a clear oversight or we just didn't have the time to get it ready or whatever. Mm, probably the latter in your statement yeah. there where they, they just, they waited too long, the vacation, whatever else. Not I don't even oversight. think it was the vacation. I think, I think honestly, like they probably could have used another three months to get content ready for the actual launch of, of 3.0. And Yoshi P was like, nah guys, we said summer, we got to stick by that. Mm. Or what was it? it? They said spring, right? I don't remember anymore. No, I think this is. It had to be no, spring. It was, it was spring, spring because it was, it was already... like the day spring ended. It was like yeah. the day before summer started. 
Like yeah. May 20th or some crap. I don't know. But anyway, things are better. Things, are, <laughs> things better. are better. Yeah, I think, I think things are a lot better. In a good, going in a good direction. Uh, was there anything else in the notes? Non Palace of the Dead that anybody wanted to cover? Uh, was there any bug fixes or anything that was good? I'm trying to think if there was something that was neat. Uh, oh, the garden pond. We haven't done that yet. Oh, that's we, right. Yep. We do plan on changing our, um, Zante, if you didn't know, we're, pl- we're changing the front yard. We're going to, we're going to be adapting the front yard. We want, I think we need a moat or something. It was requested. Maybe S- somebody, I'm all about I, moats. somebody wanted a moat. I can't even remember who wanted it. <laughs> I actually made that, um, that garden pond like a week before they announced the incoming fix to it, the really, really big one, uh-huh. I sat down and I, I mined and mined and mined for like limestone and everything to make it. And when I read that post on the forums, I was just like, yes, yes, please. Because it's really not even the amount of materials. I, I felt fine going out and gathering the materials. It's a big pond. takes a lot of mats. But it's the inventory space. It takes like mm-hmm. 20 slots of inventory to craft this. And I just don't have that this day. <laughs> Yar. Um, no, nah, let's go to the deep dungeon. All right, let's let us okay. So the deep dungeon, if you don't know, is is something brand new they added to the game. This is what a lot of us have asked for is a new type of content. You're still in a dungeon, don't get me wrong, but there's different mechanics involved and there's a there's a whole different systems. So uh let's do we just want to talk about our reactions? to it or you know yeah we've, co- we've covered the mechanics you go yeah, to, yeah. you go to quarry mill you gotta do stuff to get into it read the patch notes da 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 tell you how to get in there once you get in this is going to be our impressions of what we did so like uh yelta i think you ran well, it you took the day I, off yeah i took the day off but i and i want to talk about it but i want to start with zante because he's done it the least well okay. i've gotten the least far i guess i've done it i've played it a lot um and i've played it across several characters several jobs but um i really liked it i liked it a lot i liked it a lot more than i thought i would but i also went in with some low expectations if you had asked me the day before the patch drops do you think this is going to be successful content i would have said no and my reasons for that were because the more they released about how matching like matching up was going to work the more I thought it was too strict sounding. Um, like the fact that you can only have two save oh, slots. Oh, save files, yeah. Yeah, you can have two save slots and like you can use one of them to go solo or you can use the other to go with a fixed party. But if you go with a fixed party, you can't use that data to jump into the duty finder. So like if you set up a static, you have to stick with the static. And if you break the static, you can't rejoin the static. And it was just like, ooh, all these restrictions. I can see people wanting to play with their friends and also you know, when their friends aren't online, wanting to jump in the duty finder. And to not have that freedom where every other piece of content in this game gives you that freedom seems really weird. Um, but I haven't had any problems with it, surprisingly. Uh, and, I've, and I've done it with a matched party, and it seems to work out fine. Um, but I think the reason I thought that was going to be such a huge issue is I was comparing this to Nizal Isle in Final Fantasy XI, mm-hmm. which is a similar concept, but it goes up to about 100 floors, and you go at intervals of five floors a time. And so it's a much, much, much bigger climb and so having to say restart that or you know not being able to jump into that with your friends would be a big deal but because this is a relatively quick piece of content where you know clearing all the way to 50 doesn't seem to take more than a couple of hours really um 
I don't think it's that big of a deal. And the fact that you can, it, it's it's more flexible in other ways. So I think it works out pretty well. Uh, but I, I really liked it. And this is what I want to see more of. It's like, I don't want to just see repeats of previous content with new skins. I want to see more new content. So I think this is a good step in the right direction. What did you think of the... So you've gotten to level 30, so you've fought three bosses. Mm-hmm. What did you think of the... The the you know the number of rooms, the number of enemies, the difficulty level. Um, well, so I think it depends on what class you're playing. Um, in in part, I've actually gone in with tanks because I don't tank often. I've been using this primarily as a source of exp for other jobs that I want to level. And I thought, you know what, I don't tank often. This seems interesting. I'll tank. Um. And it's been nice. Uh, the amount of mobs can go up or down depending. I actually sometimes feel like it's a lot of mobs. Ten floors can go on for what seems like a long time. Like the longest I've been in there, I think, is we spent maybe 45 minutes going ten floors. I think that was 20 to 30. Um, and other times it's like really sparse. So I, it does have that just random element to it. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? You do sometimes feel like you have four empty rooms. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know that like the first day, the first minute I, the first minute I zoned in. Now I didn't do like you. I've been doing, I think I tanked some on pallet or I don't remember. I've mostly been going in with level 60 jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because I don't have any gear. Now I know the gear doesn't matter, but I don't even have a main hand weapon for most of my <laughs> unleveled jobs. But uh, at first I'm like four rooms and each of them have two mobs and there's a couple of treasure chests and it was seemed really really incredibly boring at first and i'm like and every floor for the first 10 floor or first nine floors it it all has the same aesthetic i did notice immediately on the second floor that the music changes each time and i love that i don't know why <laughs> that seemed really special and i like the traps they, they make traps you are good a, they make well they totally make you pay attention because you can totally i i had uh, a couple of times where we just were clustered together not topped off and the trap took us all out and it was game over man i think i think the thing that the traps add to the most and i think something that this content has really benefited from is the idea that the floor configurations change the mobs change the music changes pretty much everything about it is random there's like certain parameters it operates in, but it's random. And that lets your mind kind of run wild and be like, well, I never know what's going to be around the next corner. I Sense never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it gives you that, even though it might not actually be there. Like, for the most part, I think that it's because you can do this without a healer, because you can do this without a tank, it's it's pretty doable, regardless of your party composition. So that danger is not always there. But just the traps alone and the idea is that the traps could be anywhere where in reality they look like they have set spots per rooms. But uh, just just that idea is enough to make it more engaging, I think. Yeah, it's like it, it induces a panic because when it goes south, it goes south quick. I mean, most of the time it's fine. You know, you're just picking off one enemy at a time. But sometimes you turn around and somehow you end up pulling six mobs at the same time. And then, and, somebody, and then, hit her lure trap. then somebody steps <laughs> in a trap. Somebody, then something happens. And then when it goes south, it goes south fast. And yeah. it's a scramble, so th- it's like the panic that gives you the thrill, and the fear of the panic also gives you a thrill. Plus, and th- you're attempting to build something, so there's a challenge involved. There's also like really small details on like mob things that they've done here. Um, like 
there's the fact that you can actually get morbles that actually use bad breath that you know you can get multiple of them at once if you step on a lure trap you've got six morbles and suddenly everyone's using bad breath in every direction and that's going to really fuck you up if you don't have a healer um and so like there are elements of that but one thing i noticed that was like oh i don't think those do those anywhere else is that the slimes right just like the little green slimes oh boy we we had a party where um we had like two two archers and one of them started trying to kite the slimes he was like soloing a slime or whatever and some of us were on another mob and it turns out that if you try to pull the slimes too far away or if you don't kill them within a certain time or something they explode for massive damage Very like true 14,000 damage oh, yeah. on like a level like 20 character. Whole party. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and like I've never seen a slime do that anywhere else. So this bard pulled it to another room, exploded, and we were all like, what the fuck happened to you? And he's like, the slime just exploded. I'm like, are you sure you didn't step on a bomb trap? Like, I don't think that's a thing. And then sure enough, that slime wiped out the other three members of the party like minutes later, and thankfully we had raises and stuff, but it was, you know, something that's unexpected. And it's really important, like Final Sting on bees, for example, oh, is another yeah. one where it's like they have mechanics in here that are actually challenging and threatening for a change, whereas most trash mobs, and especially with the ability to just like wipe, raise, continue, uh, the fact that you can't like just raise after you wipe and just restart. Sure, it's, I think it's is really like important. the difference between an annoyance and a mechanic that if we don't game watch over. it, it's game over, man. Game over. Yeah. And it's like it's casual, but it has more of those and less just annoyances, which means that you still have to be watching out. Yeah, I do wish when you had a full party wipe, I wish they would let you vote. I wish that you could give you a commendation. You know what I mean? Have you ever had like a party that was going really, really well and somebody just got unlucky? But now I can't I can't commend the tank because we're kicked out. Mm. Yeah, I can see that for for the match parties, especially when you game over and I haven't game game over in one maybe i did is it just come up like it comes up duty failed or something right yep yeah yeah kicks, kicks you out i wish you know because with the aesthetic and how they're doing this i wish they would go maybe a little more old school final fantasy with like maybe some 8-bit something and game over and really make it cute something That'd different cool. for that that's a minor tweak um yeah. i'm i'm actually really enjoying it i personally have ran it three times I ran it um, with Yelta and a set. We ran it with, um, who was it, Uchu and Koheti, I believe. And we cleared all 50 floors. That took us, what, like three and a half hours? I think it was about three and a half hours. Yeah. So that we got a full play, and that was my first time through. So I had no idea how the pomanders worked. I was completely clueless to it, but had a great time. Uh, you guys allowed me to use the Rage Pomander and knock the <laughs> shit out of so stuff. Hot. A quick caveat to that, I've been hearing that a lot of mixed parties or the, or the matched parties, whatever they're called, um, they want you to use that on bosses. I've, I've, upon further reading, have read that it only is a 50, 500 HP damage to bosses. Not worth it. It's the knockback that actually kills the enemies in one hit. So there's, um, I think there's even one uh, debuff that appears in the rooms that doesn't allow for knockback. So rage actually becomes a, a moot point. So you kind of have to watch what what you're using versus what the debuffs in the room are. It's important. Um, but that being said, I got to do that, the Palmanders and all that. I ran again like the next morning. I, I had like a late morning going into work. So I was like, well, let's see how much I can do in a, an hour. And I cleared floor 1 through 10 solo, I think of my summoner, and then um, attempted again on Paladin, but 
died to the uh, the boss on Paladin, uh, just slightly, almost beat it. Uh, had fun with those, um, and then did it a, uh, a duo with Cinna through Room 20, and got quite a few upgrades there and felt good about that. And so, anyway, that all said, my overall is I'm really loving the reset feature, and I thought I would. The reset thing gives this life. It gives it longevity because it gives you a chance to go back and build upon what you're already doing, which is what I think is required for content like this to survive. You have to have this kind of randomness and openness, but there still needs to be some kind of progression, something that gives you a sense of accomplishment at the end of it. And I think the glowy weapon is that thing. I sincerely hope that when the next Deep Dungeon series comes out, that there is some kind of benefit to already having a glowy weapon. Like, carrying a glowy weapon into this and building upon that has some kind of relic build-up thing. I want there to be a sense of progression. Some sort it. of progression would be great. That, yeah. that's, that's my plea. But um, overall, I'm very happy with it. Now, I have not experienced um, the negativity, the trollishness that I've been hearing a lot about on Reddit. Uh, Yelta, you said you had some experiences. <sighs> I have had a boatload what's, what's the of dark side of the deep dungeon uh, the dark okay so the dark side of the deep dungeon okay the reason the dark side exists first of all is a major flaw in the design of the deep dungeon and as someone who's gone and done about seven six i think six full clears i've done and then i've done a lot of like restarting over at first i was just restarting over every time anybody else would log in i'd be like oh yeah so i like the fact you reset back to floor one but having to do that every time and I get absolutely nothing from it till I get to floor 41, nothing. So that's like an hour and a half of just pushing buttons for no benefit. And that's very, very irritating. And then you get in on floor 41. And I think at that time I was entering floor 41, I was uh, 26, 26 out of 30. So, and floor 41, 42, 43, 44, throughout there, I got three upgrades. I was like, I don't remember, but I had th I had gotten three actual upgrades. Now I'm like, all right, one more run through this and I'm done. So we get to the teleporter before the boss on floor 49 and they vote uh, abandoned because they didn't finish. Wow. Yeah. So I you get, you lose all progression because someone decided they didn't want to. Not, not, they didn't leave. Now I had an earlier party where we got to the last rooms standing just outside the teleporter and someone says, sorry guys, I didn't get any upgrades. And they, they would just leave then and take the the penalty and they were replaced. And I've had that happen where someone left and we didn't even bother replacing them. The three of us just finished the boss. So, you know, and I've had on floor, you know, 44, 45, someone decide they're not getting enough upgrades and run through, pull two rooms and wipe us. You know, it's it's not pretty out there, especially when you're working on your weapon. And uh, I don't I don't think you carry anything over, right? So you don't even you don't even get any of the XP if you wipe, do you? I no, you don't. So. Yeah, I don't think you get anything. So it's the the worst thing about this stuff this this deep dungeon is the fact you can play for three and a half hours and get nothing. Yeah. Now that's nothing. rough. I haven't yeah. encountered that because I haven't been past the third set of floors. 
So that would be something that, like, the closer you get to your goal, the harder it becomes to get those upgrades, it seems. And I was actually really ready to compliment them on their design for this, but that is a massive flaw, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, but that's also a flaw. I'm, I'm going to jump down because that's a flaw that they've already given us a dev uh, tracker on. And uh, people have been complaining about or, or saying improvements they want. The forums been full of, I'm disappointed with the deep dungeon. I hate the deep dungeon. The deep dungeon is too easy. The deep dungeon is too hard. Um, but uh, the whole people would rather destroy their party than finish. So um, there's the comment was... Uh, we're seeing a lot of comments requesting that the Aetherpool equipment be able to improve on the earlier floors so they can benefit from running the early levels again or while playing with new players. As such, we're planning to make the following adjustments in a future update. Aetherpool equipment will have a higher chance of receiving an upgrade upon opening silver coffers on earlier floors, and the Aetherpool equipment will be strengthened upon defeating the boss on the 50th floor. And they're going to continue listening to our feedback and blah, blah, blah. This whole getting an upgrade on the 50th floor regardless, I I don't know about you guys, but I was really confused every time I killed a boss at first why I didn't get anything after it. Mm -hmm. Now, your your reward is the save point. but And then on floor 50, your reward is the pot shard. So I'm really... I'm hoping these two changes will make it so people will not just be like... I think White. the last one for sure. Right? Yeah. Stick. Yeah. That sounds like a big buff. If you say there's a plus, if there's a plus one to both, if you get an arm and a weapon, mm-hmm. armor, armor and an arm increase for beating the 50th boss, people will stay. People, people will stick will around stay. for it. Yeah. So, no, I've had some really, f- I've had a lot of fun in there. And I've had a lot of, you know, terrible things in there. <laughs> Have you guys tried soloing it yet? I know, Ruby, you said you did a little bit of soloing. Uh, yes, I did. Oh, I tried soloing it a little bit. On I actually logged in on my uh, Alt Hazel, who has a level 31 uh, Paladin. And I thought, oh, I'm going to try soloing this. And I just was not very good at it. It's it's Soloing something for challenge isn't fun for me. Uh, I did enjoy, I duoed it with Bell Dandy up to a, a certain level, but then things kicked our asses and we wiped, but... I, I went in for the first 20 floors. I did I did 10 on Warrior, and then I switched over and I did uh, through 20 floors on Ninja. And I was really surprised at like the fact that it wasn't just instantly kicking my ass. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but at the same time, I was thinking like, okay, if this is content that's balanced for four people, if I go in with one, I'm just going to get overwhelmed and killed. And I was able to go like decently far, and I just kind of stopped because I was like, well, I'll try it with other things now. But... I actually really like the fact that it's flexible enough to where you can go in with two, you can go in with three, you can go in with four. I wish you could go in with more, but you know, for what it is, that'd probably be overpowered. I so wish it was balanced around six uh, or yep, yep. four or six. Six and, is the magic number for me. Well, and that's 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 one of my great disappointments. After treasure maps, treasure maps, you can take eight people with you, and you can do the Aquapolis, and you can you know have all this fun. But you could probably do it with three or four easily. Also, we've done it with we've four. We've done it with four easily. Yeah, yeah. you know, and you, know, you can do it. You just have to be a little bit more careful. And the other thing, the Aquapolis has this tension thing when you're opening the doors. I almost wish there was a little bit more, I don't know, maybe the traps of the tension. We, we, I guess if you know, had some uh, good tense moments in there, but usually it's because somebody screwed up. There could be, I think, a little bit more interactiveness with the floors like 
I'm, I'm coming at this from a very Nizal Isle point of view. And I realize that not everyone's played that. But Nizal Isle had this thing where, as you climbed the floors, each floor gave you a specific objective. And that objective changed depending on the floor. And there were maybe like eight objectives with some variations on those Touch different the lamps. objectives. Lamps in a certain order, lamps all at once, kill this mob, find a boss and kill that mob, you know, find this thing that's missing or, you know, whatever. They had these little puzzles you had to solve, right? And the challenge in this is just kind of kill enough mobs to power up the teleporter, jump on board, or keep killing them if you need more XP or whatever. And that's all fine and good. But I think, you know, obviously some of the randomness is the pomanders, some of the randomness is the traps. But it would have been good, I think, if they could have incorporated a couple of other objectives as well, instead of just kill the mobs to get to the next floor. Well, even doors and keys. I kind of wish there was doors and keys and not enough keys to open every door. Or right. you know, or something, because I keep thinking of like other dungeon crawlery well, games. Oh my god, isn't and... Tamtara? Don't you have like you have to pick up the no um or the uh, other one? It is not the... Tamtara, but uh... no, it's the house. Oh, oh yeah, the house awesome. does it. But I'm talking about what, is it? Isn't it Tamtara where you have the little floaty orbs and you touch? You have to get oh, three yep. or four of yep. them and then yep. stand You're in the right. thing. Yep. And so I mean, there's yeah. that. But yeah, the, oh, the house Totorak. does that with the Totorak. Totorak. Thank you. So you know, it's there's there's a lot of things they could have done with that and. It's really like I th- I think still overall it's really good, but that they could have gone an extra step further and made the actual floors more interactive because right now they're just rooms with mobs and you walk into them and the exploration element's really great. Like I love the fact that this is the first dungeon I've seen where the passageway to the next section of the dungeon will be open and people will still run into unchecked rooms to see if there's something around that corner. Mm -hmm. And and I think that is awesome. Like, that's been so sorely lacking from our pre-scripted dungeons that, you know, just the the unknown element of it will make people check around in other rooms. And the design on that note, where not every room you come through the center of it, you kind of come through these corners and these fake hallways exist mm-hmm. that add this depth to the room. So even when you're navigating to these empty rooms to check, it feels like you're exploring. It's not just one square over, one it, square left, one square back. It looks back. way cooler to navigate. Even the four room dungeons, it you know, you run around the corner and you you know, you, you there's it doesn't look like it's just a Another tile. No, it was the, the 2.0 mentality yeah. from 1.0, where 1.0 was this big expanse, and they said in 2.0, we're going to make the map smaller, but there'll be more detail and it will feel bigger, which it did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and these, these floors feel huge. You look at that little mini map and you see, like, okay, there's six rooms, and then it's like, am I still walking? Is there still something behind this corner? What's over there? Like, once they you, feel a lot bigger than once they Once you get should. to the 20 plus. You start having to look at the clock because your exploration is eating up the clock before you get to the boss. Yep. And you start really getting this sense of, I need to prioritize what I'm doing, let alone silver chest over the other chest and really prioritizing your actions to get the most bang out of your buck. There, there were definitely points where we, there were a couple of floors where like, because I've noticed as well that mobs tend to spawn. And you'll defeat everything, and then more stuff will kind of spawn here and there and slowly. And I had this one group that was killing everything. It wanted all of the EXP. It wanted all of the chest possibilities. And so we were getting down to, like, the wire, and it's like, hey, guys, we got, like, three more floors in 15 minutes. Um, And we've been doing great, but, you know, if we keep looking for all these mobs, we're not going to clear. 
I want to talk about something I read on Reddit that was a an analysis on how they believed the increases to the ethereal equipment work. And this could be all speculation, it could be completely incorrect, but instead of the floor being the key, it's more that it's your level versus, um, what was it? I think it's your level versus the floor you're on um, increases. You have to be like two times the level of the increase you need plus one. So like you have to, if you want your ethereal equipment to go from 29 to 30, you have to be physical level 60 and open a silver chest for you to even get a chance of opening it. Does that make sense? Like, if you're level one, you're not going to get any ethereal increase. If you're level two and you open a silver chest, you can get an ethereal increase. And you have to double it plus one to be able to get those increases. Oh, I've heard it's the combined amount of your arm and your armor versus the floor level. I've heard it has to do with player <laughs> so nobody character knows. level. Yeah, I there, there's there's some theories out there, but I think the sample sizes are still small, and people are basing it on what they feel. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of hard data, but uh, it, it definitely you get less. You, you know, I, I I have seen. I think I've seen where you can get one, even though you've got a high level weapon and you're in a low level room. But I think it must be really minuscule. Well, I think chance. going back to this dev response with the first item in that where it says lower level floors will give you a chance to get an increase. I think if they threw that in the mix, it would keep the ambiguity up, if I can speak Mm -hmm. tonight, uh, (laughs) up enough that people won't be able to really figure it out without some indication, some degree of luck that's involved with it, uh, which I think also keeps things going. We've talked Mm -hmm. about like uh, in 11 the speculation over numbers and the number crunching and stuff, it gives some players a thrill. It gives me a thrill to try to figure out some of those things. I know there's many in the community that love doing that. So um, I think that would be a fix for some of the trouble we've got, and I think that would be a um, a nice way to kind of keep the mystery within the deep dungeon. So, yeah, good to know that it's still we're, we're all still speculating what's going on with those silver chests and the upgrades. Now, uh, you can get, and it's even in the notes, people have yelled at me for bothering to creep into a room, and uh, I've been yelled at a lot in this, uh, creep into a room, even though I didn't pull any mobs, to pop a copper chest, but there's those pot shards in there. It's mostly potions, but you can also get the pot shards. I like that, I wanna, too. I want to give yeah. a shout-out to the potions. I was really pleasantly <laughs> surprised when, like, this was the first time I had you like cause to use a potion in so long that I didn't realize they'd actually fixed a lot of the potion timers already. Mm-hmm. So that was a surprise to me. It was like, oh, wait, these have a recast that actually allows me to use them for something. And then seeing them actually be useful for a change, especially when you can end up without a healer. Like, I have potions on my hot bars now, and I haven't had potions it's on great. my hot bars in a year. Hey, I, I saved from a full party wipe with a, uh, a uh, Phoenix Down. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is the first time I've had a phoenix down be useful, because we did the same thing. Like, that slime that ended up exploding, that one bard who had already gotten raised had a phoenix down, who raised somebody else with a phoenix down, who raised somebody else with a phoenix down, and we were able to continue on from that. So, yeah, I actually kind of want more items now. The one thing I think is <laughs> yeah. 
the one thing I think is a little bit lacking is I thought about it and I was like, okay, I've come across Morbles, I've come across this, that, and the other. There are actually a decent amount of status debuffs in here. And so I thought about busting out my Alchemist and prepping some like antidotes or something. And then I realized that really the only thing you can prepare for is like paralysis and poison. And like while there's something I need echo drops. Yeah, need there's, echo there's drops. echo drops. <laughs> um there's there's like you can't do anything for amnesia. Uh you can't really do anything for you know, if you yourself are asleep or if you yourself are petrified, you can't free yourself from that, to my knowledge. Uh, I haven't actually ever tried one of the golden needles, but so I I think it would be like an okay time to put in one of those like kind of catch all potions that removes like not maybe every status debuff, but like a decent range of status debuffs. Some kind of ambrosia, nectar, something. Yeah. Right. Like a cure all for status debuffs and just cover the basics, you know, or if you want to put something out there that's specifically for pacification, I'm sure warriors would love that too. Um, but it, it seems like finally there's a use for, for potions and it would be really cool to get some more. All right. Um, I think now, now we're supposed to get like another 15, another 15, another 50 levels, right? Floors. Sure. Right. So I, I'm hoping that they listen to some of the stuff we talk about and make it, you know, kind of more interesting. People keep saying, oh, this first first few levels is just a... It's just a uh, tutorial for how, you know, deep dungeons are going to work. And, and, and I hope so, because I, it's fun and it's entertaining and it's somewhat rewarding. But, I, you know, they, even in this own, this own game, they have other things that are more interesting. You know, where are my treasure goblins? Where are my, uh, you know, we talked about, like, interaction with their environment. I feel like... This was very much a testing the waters kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. not even a tutorial for us, but a tutorial for them to see what player reaction was going to be like because they really went out on a limb with the diadem and that really blew up in their face. And I was very surprised. I, I was really concerned after diadem that they were going to stop branching out out of kind of like a sense of fear. I was worried that they were like, oh man, we tried something different and the community hated it, or it didn't work out the way we wanted it to at all, let's just patch this, and maybe when we get this to a respectable level, we can try something else. But then they came out with the Aquapolis and the Palace of the Dead, which are both completely different from what we had had previously. So I really think this was more of, okay, we're going to put something in there, and we're going to have a lot of different options for it and stuff. We're going to have like a lot of features, but let's not go crazy just yet. Let's see how people take to this first iteration and then we can really pull out some of our bigger ideas, is what I'm hoping for. Um, I think right now, like it's a really solid foundation. And if they build on what they already have with, you know, maybe some different objectives or floors, some keys, I think, um, and maybe a little bit more difficulty for the higher levels, which Yoshi P said he wants to do, then I think this could be, you know, top tier, some of the best content in the game right now. What do you think of the rewards? So they're the, the weapons, and stat-wise, it seems like a pretty easy, if not time-consuming way to get an item level 235 weapon. That's that's pretty cool, and some of them are pretty nice. They look nice. I, I think the glowy weapon is a great reward. Um, I think, you know, it's so challenging now to upgrade your your weapon, really. Like, that this is a much needed um, upgrade path because you've got 
you've got your tombstone weapon, which you have to work towards, and that takes you seven weeks. And then aside from the tombstone weapon, now you have your Nidhogg weapon, if you can get a group together to clear that, which, you know, I think the average player can, but there are still a lot of people, and I'd say probably the majority of people who can't. And then after that, you've got what? You've got your Relic and you've got Alexander, right? Yep, I think so. Yep. And that's it. So three of those, I would say, are well, well above the ability for anybody who doesn't have like a static kind of, you know, I'm sure there are people out there that pug and stuff, but, you know, if you're not kind of your slightly above average adventurer, you don't have a chance of three out of four of those weapons, or let's say two out of four of those, because the other one, the relic, is extremely time-consuming, but doable by, I'd say, any any player level. Um, but this is something that is a happy medium, and will make sure, you know, coming when it did, not even at the catch-up patch, but halfway through the catch-up patch, this is something last minute that is going to get you ready for the next patch that'll come out in a month and a half or so. Which they said they wanted to do. They wanted more horizontal options for weapons. And when you put it in that that framing where you say this is the fifth such weapon that's in the 230-ish range that you can get to get ready for the next patch, that's pretty horizontal. And especially mm-hmm. that one is a relic that you can do solo. Um, and then this can be somewhat solo content which you could take in and somewhat solo work for seven weeks, put the time in, um, and then work your way up to a Nidhogg, something else. But, you know, whether you want to come at it from a full battle perspective, I'm jumping right into primal content on day one and getting this weapon, or you want to spend seven weeks, or you want to do solo in the deep dungeon. A lot of options, which is what they promised us, and they're delivering. Yeah. I also like, because I like to gear up, maybe not the best, but like two or three jobs. So, you know, obviously the seven-week weapon I'm only going to do on one character. I probably will only do the relic on one, you know, not character, but one class, you know. So yep. this this isn't like another way to work on a weapon for maybe my warrior or something. Without being bored. That's, that's like a really good option. point. Because, yeah, it's like, you know, when you play just one class, you might find a lot of these weapons to be redundant. But when you try to gear up a second class, it's like, well, I don't want to have to spend 14 weeks just to get two weapons, you know? Mm-hmm. So this is a really good option. Um, the one thing I'm concerned about moving forward with rewards is that I would like, like, the pot shards are cool, um, and I like that there's materia involved. I'm glad they're continuing to keep that relevant. Uh, but I hope for maybe some accessories, or, you know, I think they could do more with this in terms of rewards. I think they could put maybe a unique set on just the boss floors, like a one chest drop. And it maybe it could just be, I don't know, partially for glamour, but I just feel like there could be a little bit more. Yeah. I could, you know, nothing drops off any of the mobs. Um, yep. You know, the only thing that comes out of chests are uh, pretty much potions and, and that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I could see a little bit more. I don't know. I don't know what it would be, but you're right. It would be kind of cool. If they because right right now it, it it has a great sense of progression. Like I f- I feel like the thing that this the itch this scratches the most is progression. You're upgrading your aether pool weapons and your armor. You're gaining levels. You're gaining floors. You're gaining palmanders. Like you you constantly are accruing these resources as you progress through the dungeon, and it gives that sense of progression to the player. 
where it's not giving you a sense of progression or acquiring things is in terms of actual like loot. And for a dungeon and for something that is so focused on exploration, like typically a dungeon crawler like this, loot goes hand in hand with your progression through the dungeon. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of surprising that there isn't really a loot aspect to this. I was, I was, I was also surprised there weren't like, like, special spawned monsters or something too nothing really seems like a notorious monster or a like the treasure hunter goblins or something yeah they they would fit in really good here but did you guys see any of these special characters heard about them i've seen them i saw last night i got a picture of the immortal flame guy uh there's all sorts of spoiler i guess but there's all sorts of ghosts of adventurers and many of them Um, we've met before i i have run into two adventurers one was a spear wielding adventurer and i don't remember what the other one was i just kind of assumed that was somebody else wandering through the dungeon there's somebody else all right Uh, did you did you ever do the lancer quests oh yeah i have yeah 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 that the class i think it was the end of the class quests class quests yeah 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 that he's in oh it's homeboy in there Mm -hmm. okay Yeah. Well, I should have paid more attention because the the person I ran across was a they had like the battle fork, you know what I mean, where it's just like a two pronged mm-hmm. spear, and it was they were wearing like um the scale mail, uh-huh. and it was a female Mikote with like the really generic spiky Mikote hair, Let's but I see. it just said like spear wielding adventurer and it didn't it didn't pop any flags as somebody I had previously seen. Well, Gamers, Gamerscape did the uh, lore train identifying the dead uh, mm-hmm. article of you. I, I haven't read it yet because I was kind of waiting till I saw some more. And yeah, yeah, they're, they, they've identified a lot of them. Oh, that's who this guy is. Yeah, and I see, <laughs> I see Zantes, who is a um, NPC uh, early, early on in 2.0 storyline, um, a la Edda and company. There's another set of adventurers that... Uh, Meet, oh, meet it didn't some, make it out. Meet some untimely doom. So, oh, that's now see that would have been the perfect opportunity to introduce some kind of special, not maybe prize, but I don't know, like some piece of loot or a special palmander or just something with that because it's neat that it's there, but it would have been really cool if it had actually factored into things in any kind of way. Yeah, this is um this is a good place for them to throw in some lore that really doesn't have to be followed to get your enjoyment out of Final Fantasy fourteen, But for those who really do the lore stuff, like Ann Wool at Gamer Escape, who, who did this uh, lore train identifying the dead, the people who really sink their teeth into the lore would have orgasms over this kind of stuff. A special pomander indeed, or at least some other kind of messaging or, or something. At least they did give us... Uh, some little quotes and things that they say when they when they die that gives them kind of like a relation to who they were in their former life. And it really does tie into what this is. It seems like a place that the dead go and um, kind of haunt the halls here, especially when you get to the boss, which I think we should save at least a little bit of a spoiler for the for the listeners. But it's pretty clear who... You get to see when you get to the very bottom and get to um, get to experience the end there. I kind of teared up in that last quest. I won't lie. It was, yeah, it was I'm, good I'm I'm really excited to see this continued further because I think the next 
the next uh, expansion of Deep Dungeon will be more floors of this particular dungeon, is what I was led to believe anyway. But it sounds like you know this is something they plan to continue as a type of content uh, moving forward, and that after we possibly, yeah, I don't know, at some point we're going to be not in this Gelmoran ruin, and we'll be in a completely different, but also labyrinthian dungeon that's that's expanding and i'm really curious to see what they do with it in the future because right now we've got this like underworld kind of thing right and there's tons of possibilities for doing something completely different thematically with a similar style dungeon underwater temple yeah underwater temple you know you could do i mean honestly like they say it's a dungeon and we're going down but it feels a lot like a tower going up so it's it's very possible for them to turn this into a tower situation. There's there's a lot of different possibilities that they could do with this, and I'm really looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, I assumed that Deep Dungeon is the content type and that yep. Palace of the Dead is this location. So yeah, I'm assuming right. they're going to add more to Palace of the Dead, but later we will get other Deep Dungeons. And, and you're right, there's no reason they'd have to be technically a Deep Dungeon. I mean, we could have like exploring underwater ruins and it's a big content type like i think it's a big step forward for providing what i think players have been asking for for a really long time which is a little bit more randomness a little bit more exploration a little bit more mystery as to what's behind the next corner and it you know like i'm actually i've got my character logged in to one of the in-between floors right now and I'm just looking around, and there are so many people running around. Coming, You could see them coming out of the dungeon. You could see them running off to the exit, running off to the next floors. It's really refreshing to see this really get picked up. Like, when I logged in for the first day, it was so popular that the instant servers for the deep dungeon were full. Oh, like yeah. You would go in with a party, a preset party, and you still have to wait on a queue for an instant space to pop up. My friend, who had started playing from 3.0, had been like, what's going on? Is the queue broken? What's happening? Do we need to re-queue? Re- I'm like, no, no. The instant servers are just full. He had never seen it happen before. And I hadn't seen it happen since 2.0. So, you know, it's I, I think it's a really good content. And a brand new type of content. So that's important to me. Yeah, me too. Yep. I really, really enjoy this. And I want to see some more longevity with the Deep Dungeon. Uh, Zante, did you have any final closing thoughts, things that you want to see for the next go around, like maybe one opportunity for them and something you want to see continue? I would like to see an expansion of Palm Enders. I actually was surprised, I guess, at how they played out. I was really thinking that Palm Enders were going to be some kind of enhancement to your character. Me too. They said that they were items, and I thought they were going to be something you use to permanently increase some aspect of your character moving forward. And I think that like what they have is good, but I feel like so many of them don't really have much of a function. Like there's that one that removes pox from the, uh, the mimics. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I've maybe seen mimics three times out of, you know, dozens and dozens of runs. So I would like to see an expansion of the Palmander system, and I'd like to maybe see something where it's a little bit more resource management. Like, it already kind of has that element of, like, well, you know, okay, we've got a site Palmander, and we've got a Serenity Palmander, and we've got this and that. What could we use to try to nullify these traps? Um, but yeah, I think maybe, I don't know, something maybe with a little bit more of them, or like kind of tweaking some of the ones that don't have as much use. 
and possibly having something where we get to actually carry them over between floors. I found that a bit weird that like, you know, you collect all these palm enders and then they're just all gone. When you move well, to the next floor. well, if you're in a set group, you keep them the whole way through. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, have that you not done that? It's really I haven't nice checked our inventory that much when we were running as a set group. So, there's... so I've done a lot more 2D Finder recently. Yeah, I'll agree with you on that one. I thought the Palmanders were um, going to be different than what they were. I kind of am happy they are the way they are Same. rather than what I thought because it has more party-wide usage. And I feel like there's maybe less... Yeltsin has ran this more than me, but I feel like there's less opportunity for somebody to yell at you for using the wrong Palmander, but I could be wrong about that. Oh, uh, that's one of my... I have notes from my very first day, guys. Mm -hmm. I, I was typing them in my other monitor while I was running this for my first time. And I think line 18, I write, typed, already got yelled at for using an item. <laughs> Which item was it that you got yelled at? Uh, I, I used... We already had three of the ones that make you stronger. I don't remember which one it's named, but you, it's your attacks are stronger or whatever. And we had three of them. We were on, like, floor, I don't know, 26. And I I hadn't really tried any items yet. And I popped it. They're like, save it for the boss. Oh, Christ almighty. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I bet I've gotten yelled at. It seems to the parties go one or two ways. Either somebody is the item police or no one uses anything. Hmm. <laughs> my, my parties, for the most part, have kind of just figured it out. Like, we've... No one's really talked about it, and sometimes it was like, oh, well, why'd you use that? Like, there was an instance where somebody used, um, what was it, the the one that, like, decreases the number of enemies on the next floor, and it's like, we don't oh. really want less enemies at this point, right? Right. Like, want EXP, why'd you use that? But yeah. no one said anything. I think there's a right way to use them, and then once people have kind of figured it out after one run, like, I ran with Yelta and the set, and I had no clue what I was doing. They had to beg me to use a couple of them because I felt like, should I be using this? But then the next time I ran it, I I knew when to use it. Like, you don't want to diminish the number on the next floor unless you're pressed for time and you're already level 60. And, you know, there, there's, a, there's a time and a place to use most of them. And I think once everybody has ran through this content once, they'll get it figured out. I think there's some room... Has anybody seen that those those last three bubbles on the bottom? No floor one has get seen used? them ever, as far as I've ever I, seen. I think there's some expansion room there, so maybe they'll add maybe something. They just they just haven't. I don't know. It, it seems weird that we haven't seen them yet, unless they just don't exist or something. Oh, the the last the last three pomanders. The, like, oh, yeah, the last like three bubbles. Yeah, the last four rows, and then the last one isn't even a complete row. I think the one on the right. far left is rage. But the next three, I have not. Well, one seen of them on the build. bottom row is lust, right? Lust is the oh, maybe first it's lust. one on okay. the bottom. Rage is the last one on the right, on the top. And oh, gotcha. don't use rage on the floors that have no pushback, because don't do that. Correct. Right. And then the other one, there's no reason to use the one that gets rid of all the traps if you've already used the one that shows all the traps, unless you're well. Are. I was about to say, you would think that. You would think that. <laughs> you would think that. You're blind. And then and then people walk on them anyway. Yep. But. But, you know, there's, there's, well, and then I find, like, I had to apologize to Beldandy yesterday because I'm, like, using the, I'm, like, using the things as they come out. And I'm, like, oh, wait, I'm used to only having 10 levels. You might as well burn them anyway. It's a pug, so use it or lose it. But it was just her and I duoing. And it's, like, well, 
since we get to carry them with us, maybe we should be saving some of these. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know. I, I really do feel like sometimes you use your pomanders when you get into the very beginning of the dungeon, right? Or like the floor or whatever. You use them and then, you know, you like I feel like a lot of times there's just no pomanders to do anything with in the middle of exploring a floor. Mm-hmm. Um there's nothing there's like no combat applications really. You've got I've got I guess you've got the one that turns everything into like uh, a chicken, which is kind of neat. Well, it's it's useful once you've done it a few times, you start realizing which mobs you should be doing that to. Yeah. Right? And then, you know, there's there's other ones like, you know, there's ones you always use it when you get it, the one that makes more chests appear on the next floor and yeah. I don't know. It takes a little while, but you do start getting a feel for what they all do. Indeed. Yelta, so what would you uh, take into the next uh, deep dungeon? Anything you'd change, or what What would you carry over? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's pretty great for what it is. I just would like to see more complexity. Yeah, I think that's mine, too. Get, getting the, um, moving up the glowy weapon into the next phase, and a, uh, an expansion on the palmanders, like uh, Zante said, and Overall, I'm having a good time with it. I think it's fun. I think if they continue this in a cycle with, like, um, in in 3.4, they change the diadem, and in 3.45, they fix this or something else with maybe snowboarding or something. I think if they keep this off-cycle patch thing going, this will do a lot for Final Fantasy XIV as a whole. Very for happy. For sure. For sure. Okie dokie. I'm done. I'm done deep dungeoning. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk for a minute about the in-game item campaign for the EU. You poor bastards oh, is the God. bottom line. <laughs> uh, Sandra has actually typed something up about this on his blog. And so if you guys don't know, this is the, so the Japan had the 7-Eleven thing. And here in, I don't know if it was just the U.S. or North America, but we had the order uh, something that was twenty bucks from Amazon that qualified, and and that's how I know our our two countries got everything. And now for the EU, they have a different promo, and their promo has something to do with buying Game Master magazines, mm-hmm. right? So you have to buy three magazines, and the first one comes with the codes for the Infernal Mask, uh, the Aesthetician. And a ticket for 30k MGP, which we didn't. We didn't have the esthetician or the MGP, did we? No. No. Mm-mm. And then the second month is the Craig Mast uh, Aetherite tickets and the Deluxe Heavens Cracker, which I think, again, was Yeah, we just got we the had. wings. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the third month is Butler Outfit Made Outfit Magic Prisms. And then, and this is the, my favorite part. Once you get all of these magazines, you are supposed to take a take picture a of yourself. Wait, no. You're supposed to take a picture of yourself holding the codes for the three issues and send it to a specific email using a specific subject line. And then once it's validated, they're going to give you an email with the code for the mount. Wow. Jesus wow. Christ. Let's just jump through some motherfucking... I don't know. How did the one in... In Japan, work Seven Eleven. How? What did you have to do? Well, first stuff? off, it was a hot mess because I couldn't use it. Um, <laughs> the fact that, like, my my biggest complaint about the way they've handled this, and I, this is a very Japan thing, but is that they are not very internationally minded in the way they've done these contests. And I have to say, like, they've done similar and different contests before with this game. I was really 
baffled to see a that this rolled out separately like that it was such a big contest with so many visible concrete rewards in game that rolled out so far apart in terms of time like that was just stunning to me that they would make such a big aesthetic thing and then just not have it ready to go in every country at once mm-hmm. i i think they maybe like forgot or just overlooked this but yeah the one in japan was you would go into 7-eleven and you would have to buy certain things um it wasn't magazines you didn't have to take pictures you just kind of went in and you did your promo stuff and you got it at the cash register and they gave you a code on your receipt or whatever um but you had to have a jp account to do it which i don't so i couldn't use it but like you uh, took that you took that 7-Eleven code, went to a website, it gave you the other code, and then you plugged that into the Mog station. Theoretically, yep. if you had yep. a JP account. Yeah. Okay. The North America one was super fucking easy. It was buy a thing. I think the only ambiguity was if you bought the thing off of Amazon, how fast you got the code. I got mine within seconds. I know many had to wait. You could wait up to two days. You plug in that code into the website, which gave you the code, and you get the six items or whatever, and... Uh, well, and the thing about Seven Elevens in Japan is like, now granted, there's none where I live, but in general, they are so easy to find throughout Japan, and that like online money here is not a really common thing. So it's actually easier for people in Japan, I'd say, to do the Seven Eleven thing than it is for them to do online. Yeah, I think that's the kicker within this because in Japan it fits what it is. In the United States yep. or North America, the 7-Eleven thing, yeah, I live I live in a metroplex. There are 7-Elevens in a pretty close area. I will have to get in my car and drive to one though. Um if you live in Wyoming, I don't know if there's a 7-Eleven near you. But um for the European European one I don't know that buying a subscription of a magazine, uh, even, <laughs> this is the one of the kickers too, that buying the subscription didn't get you some of these magazines because they're back issues. You actually had to go find them and buy them individually. But get these three magazines and taking a picture, how that is somewhat it is convenient or, or tailored to the European audience. I don't think it is. I, I really don't think it is. I'm not European. I can't speak on behalf Maybe of Europe. Maybe these magazines just, you know, come off of trees or they grow out of the <laughs> ground in Europe. And it's pretty easy to get these codes, but I don't think so. I, I have a feeling that, because notice that this is in partnership with 7-Eleven, Amazon, Game Master. They make a point on the announcement to have it be the Game Master blah, 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 like their logos on it. I have a feeling this is less about what can we do to tailor this to the players in this region and more about what company can we get to partner with us for this sweepstakes. And yeah, because like in 7-Eleven in Japan is a big deal. So like that's a that's a big partnership. That's like the equivalent of getting, you know, Final Fantasy 14 toys at McDonald's like that's and and Amazon is also like really widespread. That's not a huge thing because it doesn't have a physical merchandising presence, but that's still like a big representation, a big partnership. Mm-hmm. So I feel like this was more of what could we get in Europe to push our product? And they found this magazine, but I don't think it's good for the players in the slightest. I don't either. I don't know if they felt the need to be to, to have the the EU stuff also be tied in to some kind of provider. And I hope that maybe if that is the case, like they had to tie these to different outside campaigns that once this campaign ends, now, this is a slap in the face to EU if they go through the hoops. They just sell it on the fucking MOG station 
to begin oh, with. God. They well, <laughs> I know it'd be, be a slap in the face, but they needed why didn't they just sell this on the fucking Mog station? Well, and to clarify, well, this is UK's version. There's an a EU one coming up. There's a clarification. Oh, wait. This is specifically This is UK. UK yeah. But down at the bottom of the article, they cleared up that this is UK's version of the promo and other EU countries will have their own promos. See, and you know, here's the thing, right? Is like I'm sure that this in part has to do with merchandising. I'm sure it has to do with uh, publicity. But if like who is this contest for? It's current players, right? You're not roping in new players with this contest. So it's for current players. If at the end of your contest you have soured current players' moods, you have failed, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And so to make this in a way that sends your players jumping through hoops for you know minimal it's not it's clearly not about square enix making just money because they have the mog station they could just make microtransactions off this it's about them trying to spread their product line but they're doing it you know in a way that kind of sacrifices the player's enjoyment i think that's just really shitty i think the fact that they didn't have this lined up across multiple countries put a real bad taste in everyone's mouth because i i played on a server where it's uh, a good mix of north american players and jp players on the Tomberry server. And so we saw half of the population already having these cool outfits, the other half going, oh, that's neat. Where'd they get that from? Looking it up on the, you know, wherever, and finding out we couldn't get it. And it's like, what the fuck's up with that? Mm. Can I shout out Sagisite's deal again? Because I think this is hilarious. Yes, please do. <laughs> he is on Blue Garter. So you can find him, uh, his blog on bluegarter.com. And the name of this is Promocalypsis. I think I'm saying that right. <laughs> So, funny stuff. Thank you, Sagisite, and uh, big shout out to you because you do have a pretty hilarious blog. He does say in his blog that he was lucky he was in the United States um, during the NA campaign and was able to get the code that way through Amazon, but what a cluster if he had to do it any other way. So, Can we just say, like, the most obvious thing, why not just put it on Amazon in the UK and the EU too? Amazon's mm-hmm. just as big there as it is over here. Mm-hmm. Ask the powers that be. (laughs) All right. Uh, Also, we have a new event that's coming up. This is starting on Tuesday, actually, July 26th. That's the Yokai Watch. Gather one, gather all. It's the uh, crossover Uh, event. Okay. What? Go. This promo page is cute. Okay. It is fucking adorable. And it goes till Monday, October 3rd. So this is a long one, guys. They start as an old... Uh... First, that's what she said. Nobody, nobody on that one? Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, to do this quest, you do have to be level, be above level 15, and you have must have completed one of the uh, the Gridanian Envoy, the Limits, what have you, the Olden Envoy, the Envoy one. So it's, it's pretty early in the uh, whole storyline. Uh, but you're supposed to... Get a yokai watch and a yokai medallion, which you can use to obtain yokai medals. Okay, I don't know how you can get the medals, because step two starts with after gathering the medals <laughs> and delivering them to the uh, wandering executive, you can now get the minions. And there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Don't we know how to get the medals or whatever, two. the medallions oh. or whatever? Isn't it, well, the, isn't it a fate shitstorm? No, that the... I, it might be, but the next part, once you get the minion, then you have to do fate summoning it. Oh, okay. 
Oh yeah, no, yeah, you're you're right though. The okay medals are obtainable by equipping the watch. Uh, and if you've ever, I played like five minutes of the okay watch uh, 3DS game, and you get a watch, and then you go find okay, and then you fight them. So uh, yeah, so it's first first you do fates to get medals, then you do fates some more to get the weapons. God, I love fates. <laughs> So there are weapons. Some of these are adorable and some of them are ass, but that's okay. Some of them actually are kind of cute. Some of the minions are cute too. Uh The clown car is cute, right? Uh, The the flying sperm can go away. (laughs) It's just... uh, What's really interesting about this uh, uh, information page is it is written probably to have people who don't play 14 come read this page because they're they're like discussing what's a mount. They're discussing, you know... So I think, you know, this is for the crossover trying to suck people in. Yeah, I think this is for the yokai watch people that are like, you should play our game too. Here's what... I just... I don't know. I'll, <laughs> Tell I'll it, save Dante. It. I'll save no, it. No, you, I'll, go, I'll man, explode. Go. Shoot it go, all over. Do it. Ah, oh, Jesus God. Christ. Okay, you guys were salty about lightning. I'm fucking pissed about this. I mean... Yeah, and you live over there, so what's what's the deal? Okay, so first off, like, the... The target age range for Yokai Watch, at least in Japan, is elementary school children. I mean, it's the original Pokemon age group, which was second grade. So it's 20 year olds in the United States. Got it. Presumably, but like, I don't think it's had time to percolate in the States. Um, I, I know that there have been like, you know, I, I don't know. I remember I remember talking to a guy at a game store in the States a couple of years back, and he was talking about how Yokai Watch is going to be the next big thing. And I was like, yeah, OK, we'll see. And here we are two years later, and you guys tell me because I've been away, but are people playing Yokai Watch? Is that the cool thing? Yokai Watch Go is like the hottest new cell phone. Oh, right, right. Um, <laughs> so I don't think it's going to catch on. And I think part of the reason it's not going to catch on in the States is because it is so inherently Japanese. Like It's very weird. Well, it's, yeah, Japanese <laughs> demons, right? Yokai. Right. So like yokai are specifically like these little folklorish things that exist in Japan. And like if you get the stories, if you get the puns, maybe it's really entertaining. Um, and there's a certain amount of appeal if you just like little cute creatures. But I think so much of it is just lost in translation, whereas Pokemon was like it kind of had some of that elements. But there was something just, you know, universal about catching monsters and stuff. But where these monsters are so specifically like, I don't know indigenous to japan well and and and, and it they're bizarre looking right yeah so but that's not even us. that's not even what gets me the rest this. of the world either that's what really pisses me the they fuck off it's like at least lightning is a final fantasy character at least you can make up some bullshit lore reason as to why she's here but this is like purely i mean it wasn't the story that like yoshi p and the creator of yokai watch were drunk somewhere mm-hmm. and we're like you know what would be fucking funny if i put yokai in, in eorzea and he's like oh dude Guess what? I own that game. Let's do it. Um, and here we are. But it's just, it's so out of character. And the fact that, like, I wouldn't even, I could maybe write this off if this is the one-time event. And I don't have to think about it after it's over, and I don't have to participate in it. But I'm sorry, these motherfuckers would be breaking my immersion for months because there's a million minions. So now we're just going to have yokai invasion. I don't know. I'm, I'm salty. Like, I don't see the relevance. I don't see the target crossover. Because at least in, like... I don't think it's popular enough to bring anybody who's into Yokai Watch in the States but has not heard of Final Fantasy XIV at this point into Final Fantasy XIV. I don't think that's going to happen in the English-speaking world. And as for the Japanese side of things, I think that most of the target audience of Yokai Watch is too young 
to be playing Final Fantasy fourteen. So I don't see the potential crossover in terms of fans. I don't see the I, I don't think the potential crossover of fans is worth having yokai, like a dozen or so yokai running around Eorzea. And I just I don't know. Maybe I'll rethink things after getting some of these, but there's a robot cat. There's <laughs> like this crazy dog. There's samurai dogs. This is so ugly. There's a couple of people-looking things. Yeah, and that dog is like horrendous. <laughs> like it, I'm sure it's intended to be horrendous, but it's it's like it looks like it has more pixelation and like less. This little tail looks like he's farting it's... backwards into his own ass. <laughs> <laughs> this, this shit's ridiculous. I'm with you, man. This shit's so stupid but like, to me. But like, I don't know. It, actually, the gameplay behind it, the event, sounds kind of cool. Like it sounds a little bit more involved than what we typically get in a crossover. And it sounds like they're trying to replicate the experience of catching and using yokai, which is kind of neat. So, like, from a gameplay perspective, I appreciate this, but just, like, get out of my fucking game. Just, <laughs> just no. I, 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 but you know I have to do it because I need all the things. Exactly. And yeah. you know how much I fucking love Fates. I think I would be willing to let this go just a little bit more if that mount didn't exist. If it was just, <laughs> just kind of the deal breaker for me, I'm like, that's kind of the one that I'm just like, get the hell out oh, of guys, here. Like, and there's n- there's not just one mount. There's two. There's What's the two? other one. It's it's the same thing but enhanced. I, I enhanced. don't know. That. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? Enhanced. It's, it's like an it has, a, it has a cloud of sperm. It shoots so sperm from it as it flies. <laughs> oh my god! It sparkles. Glistens oh. in the sun. <laughs> I just get the baby wipes. You'll I come just... watch. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna fly this during Halloween though. I'm gonna wear like the witch's outfit, fly around in this shit. That's I guess, you know, I don't know. We have some atrocious gear and other elements of the game, like the pig suit is <laughs> very what the fuck for me. So bad. Oh my Are there pigs in Eorzea? I mean I know there's those boar things, those look nothing like pigs. Like a Which great hero in 4.0 will die wearing the pig outfit, promoting <laughs> <laughs> bovine equality? I don't know. Like, it's just uh, there's so many little things like this that are just. And my biggest question is, who is this for? Really, this who is, for is this for? Whatever contract Yoshida and this dude made over drinks and probably sex afterward, whatever contract that they made between themselves, that's who this is for. That's, because that's because it. I really I can't see this being for the Yokai Watch player base, and I can't see this being for the like the Final Fantasy fourteen player base. So like, yeah, I mean, alcohol is the only answer here. There's the there's no reason this should exist outside of a really drunken night, and that's ridiculous. We'll always have Yokai. <laughs> we will. We will always have Yokai. Send me lightning, please. Oh my god. Where's where's the Final Fantasy 15 crossover? Give I can't oh, wait like, till we're driving that car through Aorzea. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I oh just, boy. Just no. <laughs> just Cloud on his motorcycle. Make it stop. And make it stop. who's this asshole again? Noctis in his car. I don't fucking know. <clears throat> I lost interest instantly. So Can we get like a Final Fantasy 3 crossover? Can we get like, give me something old school, and maybe I'd be like, yeah, this is kind of cool. Where's my but Temple like, of Chaos? Where's my Final Fantasy 1, Four Fiends? You That's know, what I want. Yeah, Four like, Fiends, yeah. They could do interesting crossovers, but these are really just crossovers used to, to move merchandise. And I don't know. Like, yeah. I'd I'm just Pokemon, though. 
<laughs> I not in my Final Fantasy fourteen. Just I need to ride you. There's a Pikachu in Final Fantasy fourteen. I'm just I'm saying it now. I'm unsubbing. Six Please look forward to it. Well, by six maybe they would be, you know, uh, out of ideas or something. I don't know. Desperate enough. All right. Well, when you're not fighting and catching yokai, whatever you do with them, uh, you can go fight in the feast. We mentioned earlier the feast season two is underway. It runs from patch 3.35 to 3.45. So go get your fight on, I guess. I don't know. Go feast. Go feast. All right. uh, One quick uh, what's on tap developer uh, tracker. We already covered the uh, one about just adjustments to uh, Deep Dungeon. Uh, there was a request, a machinist request. Is it possible to have the 30-second ammo out, ammo timeout removed? I don't play machinists. What is this? I don't know. Zante, do you play machinists? I have, but uh, I'm trying to think. Like, Okay, so the ammunition mechanic is where you have to load your ammo. But I'm, I'm, what do they mean by timeout? Like, are they talking about the recast? Probably they just the want recast. recast. We'll see what the beginning of the thread says. Uh, okay. I don't see why ammunition has a timer penalty. When a fight hasn't even started, you constantly have to spam the skill every 15, 29 seconds, even at five stacks, if you want to open with it. Oh, uh, I, I think I see what they're, they're getting at. Is that they want to... Mid-fight, the only times your ammo is going to time out anyway is more or less if there's 15 seconds of downtime. Does it fuck with the I, rotation? Is it like yeah, it, it would, but like I can't tell if they're talking about the actual like ability, like loading your ammunition, or if they're talking about the stacks falling off. Is the ammunition so strong that it requires punishment for not timing it correctly on boss downtime? I just find it to be a minor but annoying hindrance to the enjoyment of my job. Oh, just, okay, okay. I see I see what they're talking about. I just just doesn't seem so the stacks, the stacks fall off like grease lightning or whatever mm-hmm. when you reload your ammunition like the ability itself takes 50 or 55 seconds or whatever a minute and then you get five five rounds of ammunition those a- rounds of ammunition will wear off in 30 seconds and so they're saying why does the ammo fall off like if i've just loaded my gun why did the bullets fall out the chamber yeah that doesn't make sense it doesn't make sense, and then, yeah, from a mechanic perspective, it's weird because it's like it's like Grease Lightning. If the boss disappears for a few seconds, and you are running down the timer of your bullets, your bullets will fall off, but the ability itself is a whole minute. The timer on the bullets is 30 seconds, so it doesn't even match up. Like, if your bullets fall off, you can't even immediately use the timer right afterwards, the ability. Sounds like people want it to work like Aetherflow. Like, Which would make a lot more sense, yeah, if it worked like Aetherflow. So I think that's what they're asking for. Interesting. Okay. I need to try so the that. The response to that was yes, no, maybe. That they're working on it. Please give us more feedback. Please look forward to it. Got it. Please look forward to it. Lux already using the please look forward to it. Are they right. hiring, by the way? Are they hiring? I think they're hiring a PR person. Lord knows they need it after this debacle with these codes. <laughs> yeah, that's what I read. They were hiring a PR person. So check it out. Go apply. Be the next. All right. Last call. Uh, we do have a shout out for Spoonie's Glamour. <laughs> okay. <laughs> just only because he said something today before we logged off to do the podcast. We have a really great guy. Uh, 
Spoonie Castrano, and he's in our uh, he's in our free company, and he made this really kick-ass Irving outfit that I think I have shouted out before, but I am more than happy to shout out again that he puts together some really amazing glamour, and he's got one, an Irving from Final Fantasy VIII that's really kick-ass. We'll put it on the blog, I guess. We'll put it on the website yeah. with Spoonie's permission. All right, it's closing time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. You can find links to all of our episodes and blog posts on our website, gtffxiv.com. While you're there, leave us a comment. You can find us on Twitter at gtffxiv. Email us at gtffxiv at gmail.com. Please rate us. Uh, personal plugs. I'm going to start with our guest. First of all, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, again. Zante. Always awesome having you on. Thanks for having me over. Yeah. Uh, do you have any plugs? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Zante uh, Simbe or Zante FFXIV. Um, I should come up under either. Very cool. How about you, Ruby? Yes, you can find me on Twitter at Rubicon Bale, R-U-B-I-C-O-N-B-A-L-E. And you can find me, Yelta, on Twitter also at Yelta Sumasu, Y-E-L-T-A-S-U-M-A-S-U. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.